You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Blessing, thank you so much. And uh, I've been battling a little bit of a sickness as well. And so for the last couple of days, I've been doing whatever I can to try to get rid of this cold. I knew I was preaching and I was like, man, I don't know if there's going to be a way for me to preach if I'm all nasally and, uh, you know, I sound kind of, you know, weird maybe a little bit. So I was wondering if you could help me out when you say amen, if you could just plug your nose and say amen or say praise the Lord, plugging your nose, I'd, I'd make me feel a little more comfortable. I'd appreciate that. But uh, no, definitely uh, it, it's crazy to be here in this moment, just to think of all the years that have passed, the past five years of being here on staff and, you know, coming on staff, you know, you look at this new adventure and you're excited and, you know, you look at uh, all that you get involved in and engage and you just feel like it's going to be forever. And, uh, you know, you just keep plugging away, keep going. And to be honest with you, really, it came quick to us. It, it really did. And just the Lord just really made it clear to me. And I'm going to talk a little bit about Quicken Ministries and just reason or how we got uh, to where we're going. And uh, I will talk about that in just a moment. But I just want to thank this church just for your love and just for your care for our family and the investment that you have given us. We truly are blessed, my wife and I. And, uh, you know, just think uh, this place has been our home. And it will be home. It will be, you know, always forever in our hearts. And what makes it a home? It's the people. And uh, just the people that we've been able to meet and to be able to build relationships with, we truly have been blessed. And uh, really, I am honored to be able to be part of this uh, ministry and to be able to uh, spend the last five years. And definitely looking forward, though, to what the Lord has in store. And each and every one of us, the Lord has a plan. The Lord wants to guide and direct us and lead us where he wants us to go. And I pray that you would continue to train and invest in people, that they would go forth into the ministry and continue to serve the Lord abroad. And, you know, uh, such a great mission that is set before us by the Lord Jesus Christ, that great commission of getting, uh, really just getting the gospel out. And uh, it's our responsibility to do that as the church. And with Quicken Ministries, uh, just that key, uh, the key verse uh, for our ministry is Ephesians chapter number 2, verses 4 and 5. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. And just looking at that word quicken, it's to make alive. To bring back to life. And I just think of Christ and what he has done in my life. He has given me life. And he's given each and every one of us life if he's given us salvation. And with that, we can have life. The church ought to have life. And this world is full of darkness. It's full of death. It's full of discouragement. And we find that through Jesus Christ, we can have life. And God wants to give us that life. And our desire is really just to go around to churches and just to be an encouragement. To go and uh, try to bring that life to these ministries. And just kind of divide it into three parts here. It's first the ministry of reconciliation in 2 Corinthians 5.18. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given us given to us the ministry of reconciliation. It is our responsibility to help restore that relationship between God and man. And how do we do that? It's through Jesus Christ, by sharing Jesus Christ, by proclaiming Jesus Christ. And first, that's witnessing and being the witness and sharing the gospel. But then also we look at refresh. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 17, it says, I am glad of the coming of Stephanus and of Fortunatus and Achaicus, for that which was lacking on your part they have supplied. For they have refreshed my spirit and yours, therefore acknowledge ye them that are such. And what we see is this group here, the house of Stephanus, they had come alongside those that were in ministry. They come alongside the saints, uh, the the believers, and just coming alongside and supplying what was lacking. Supplying the need that was there and that uh, they were needing in that church or wherever they were. And they brought a refreshment. And that's our desire is just to come to churches with COVID and people, uh, churches shutting down and people uh, kind of you're really just getting settled in with uh, COVID and just this new lifestyle of not getting involved in, in church. We want to just try to bring some life and get uh, just to bring a refreshment uh, to these ministries. And that's our desire. But then lastly, part of Quicken Ministries is to bring revival. And just to bring a spirit of revival, just to be excited and engaged and bring that life. And that's kind of the area that we're going to be uh, looking at tonight as I preach. This area of revival and the message this morning was such a powerful message. And just looking at the truth there, there was many things that he had uh, pointed out that I'm going to be pointing out again tonight. And I believe that that's the Lord just wanting us to have an emphasis on that. And so if you please take your Bibles to the book of John, John chapter 11. And that's where we'll find our passage here tonight, John chapter number 11. We'll read a few verses together, and if you please stand in honor of reading God's Word. If you are physically able, John chapter number 11, verse number 38 is where we will begin, and we'll read to verse number 44. I will read the even number verses if you please join with me on those odd number verses. John chapter 11 verses 38 through 44. Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Martha the sister of him that was dead saith unto him, Lord by this time he stinketh. For he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou, hast hearest, thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. In this passage, we find the ultimate sorrow. We find uh, just loved ones, uh, really a loved one battling sickness. And we see Lazarus, he passes away. He uh, and his sisters there are just uh, grieving over the loss of their brother. And we just see a time that is uh, very hard and very difficult and that many of us will face, or if we have not faced it already, but just grieving and having the sorrow of a lost loved one. They knew that they would have uh, eternity in heaven, but they still grieved for what had taken place in that very moment. 
We see Jesus in this passage coming to the grave. And in this passage, we find uh, Lazarus physically sick. And he physically dies. But we have to come and ask ourselves tonight, how many of us are spiritually sick and are spiritually dead? We have to ask ourselves, are we experiencing a spiritual revival in our life? We look at here in this passage, Lazarus was physically revived. Think of the rejoicing. Think of the excitement that Martha and Mary had and those that were full of sorrow. Because there was revival, there was a lot of joy. And I think tonight, if we could really just have a spirit of revival spiritually in our lives, we truly would find some joy. We would find some excitement. And you know what? It would be like a fire that would spread at a rapid pace. And we could truly see revival. So tonight we're going to be looking at some things in regards to revival and how we can be spiritually revived. We look at this statement here. Just as he called Lazarus, come forth. Tonight he's calling us, Christian, come forth. He is calling us to revival. That's what Jesus Christ desires of us, to be revived. He is the one that gives life. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is. And so tonight, the title of the message is, Christian, come forth. And let's pray. Dearly Father, Lord, we just want to thank you so much for all that you've done and just all your many blessings. Lord, you've been so good to us. And Lord, just to think of the opportunity to preach here tonight, I pray that as you have stirred my heart about this message, Lord, you have convicted me in my heart about my life and my revival. Lord, I... I know I need to be revived. Lord, I need revival. And Lord, I pray that each and every one of us would come to a point in an acknowledgement and understanding, Lord, that we need revival. We need you. And Lord, you're the only one that can provide it. And I pray that you just please allow me just to proclaim your word, proclaim your truth, that we be strengthened, that we be edified, that we would leave here changed. Lord, that we make an impact for eternity for your sake. Lord, we love you and we thank you. We ask your blessing upon the remainder of the service. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. As believers, God is calling us to be spiritually alive. God wants to quicken us. He wants to revive us. In this passage, we, uh, I want us to understand three truths about revival that the Lord, uh, that the Lord could bring. If, you know, if it be his will, and I know that it is his will that there be revival. We look at John chapter 11, verse number 1. The Bible says, Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. The first point I want us to understand here tonight, we need to understand that it's personal. Revival, it's personal. We look here at Lazarus, it was a certain man was sick. A certain man was dead. It was a man that had a name. His name was Lazarus. And just like each and every one of us, we need to be revived personally. Each and every one of us need to be revived. Oftentimes, we want revival in our nation. And yes, we ought to pray for that. But it has to begin with you. We want revival in our church. And we ought to pray for that. But revival begins with you.
We look at revival, it's personal. Revival, to, for revival to take place collectively in our churches or in America, it first must begin with each and every one of us individually. Revival is personal. Just like our salvation, it's personal. It can't be a group decision. No, it's got to be you making that decision of trusting Christ and relying on Him alone by placing your faith in Him, making that decision of salvation. We look at here that it was, a, it was personal. I think of salvation, the revival that it brings. Just thinking about salvation when I got saved... Just the joy, the weight that was lifted, just as uh, Brother Herbert had talked about this morning. And Pastor has mentioned many times in his testimony, also in my testimony, just the weight being lifted at salvation. And you know, with that, there's that revival that immediately takes place. Why? Because we became, we went from being spiritually dead to now spiritually alive. And that ought to bring that joy and that excitement. That revival, it's personal. I encourage you, if you're, not here, if, you're, if you're here today and you're not saved, you haven't trusted Christ as your Savior, you haven't made that decision, you won't ever experience revival without that trusting of Jesus Christ. We, you know, we need to make sure that we make that decision of trusting Christ, that we make that decision for salvation. Lazarus needed revival. You need revival. I need revival. We all need revival and it's personal. We have to come to that understanding that it's, an, it, it, it's a personal thing. Jesus is calling. He said, Lazarus, come forth. Jesus is calling us to revival. Christian, come forth. He's calling us. My second point here tonight, not only should we understand that it's personal, but we should understand our position. We should understand our position. Let's look at John chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. It says, now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with an ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. We find here that Lazarus was sick. I just imagine Lazarus being on his deathbed there. I see Mary and Martha, they're sitting by his bedside there. And they're wondering, what are we going to do? What, are, what is the answer for this solution? What, is the, what physician can we go see? And immediately they come to the decision of Jesus Christ, the great physician. We can send for him. And what we see is Mary and Martha, they send for Jesus, for Jesus to come. They had to first realize that there was a problem. They had to first realize that Lazarus was sick. Lazarus had to acknowledge himself that I need help. I'm not doing fine. And just as you preached this morning, you had said, Esau made that, said that, you know, I'm doing fine. I'm okay. I don't need that. And same fear for Lazarus. He had to acknowledge that he needed help. And Mary and Martha, they had to acknowledge that they were in need of a great physician. And each and every one of us, if we're going to experience revival, if we're going to see revival take place here in our church, in our own individual lives, we have to understand that we are in need of it. We have to come to an understanding that we are spiritually sick. And without our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, 
we aren't going to be revived. We cannot make it in this life on our own. We have to understand our position where we are at. We have to understand our condition of our spiritual life. We ought to do a spiritual wellness check each and every day. We ought to check in and make sure that we are doing exactly what the Lord would want us to do. That we are lining up with His Word. Christian, do you understand your position, where you are at? Some things to check your spiritual condition. How's your Bible time? How is your Bible time? Well, Brother Jordan, I read my Bible every day. Do you get something out of it? Is it changing you? Is it impacting your life? Is it leading and guiding and directing you? Because that's what the Word of God does. And if you're just floating through life, reading your chapters or checking off the box, that's great that you're in the habit of reading the Bible, but it's not going to make a difference unless you are truly seeking that change in your life, that you're seeking the Lord in it. How's your Bible time? It's a great question to ask yourself on a daily basis. Am I just going through the motions? Or am I actually, is my life being changed? How's your prayer life? Is it going through a prayer list? Is it just writing names down? And I'm not against a prayer list. But Pastor, he handed out a, uh, he handed out a devotional. It's the uh, RU Personal Devotions. And what's so great about that is, is that it's not necessarily you having a list that you're going over each and every day. But it's a list of what the Holy Spirit gives you to pray about each and every day. We ought to make sure that our prayer life is exactly what God would want it to be. Is it just going through a prayer life or a prayer list? Or is it going before an almighty God understanding who he is? Understanding all that he's done. Praising him and giving him the glory. And not only that, but thanking him. And coming before him, realizing that he can meet every need. Realizing that he can make the impact, that he can make the change. We ought to be earnestly asking the Lord for His will to be done in our life. How's our prayer life? Is it just at dinner time? It's easy for that to be the case. It's easy for us to say a quick little prayer and say, I prayed today. If we want to see revival, we have to make sure, we have to first understand our condition, where we're at. If we're not seeing this, this, really this Bible time that is really just thriving and just flourishing. If we're not seeing this prayer life that is just uh, that's growing and it's better than ever. And that you're just having this close relationship with the Lord. Then there's a problem. And we need to make sure that we fix that. Not only how's your Bible time, how's your prayer life. How's your witness. What was the last time you led somebody to Christ? When was the last time you opened up your Bible and showed somebody how they could know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior? It's so easy to just get in a, into a routine of life to where we just go wherever we're supposed to go. And we kind of plan to where Saturday is our soul winning day if we go out on Saturday. And just during this one hour or two hours that we go out, that's our soul winning time and then we're good for the rest of the week. But soul winning is a lifestyle. Being a witness is a lifestyle. It is 
just carrying the name of Jesus Christ wherever you go, talking to whoever you can talk to. And that's what's the most exciting thing. And you know that re Jesus is real in your life. You know that you're experiencing revival when you can't help but tell somebody about Jesus. If you don't have that, that desire, that craving just to go tell everybody that you see about the Lord Jesus Christ, then we're not experiencing revival. Then it's not, it's not personal in our own life. And that means we need to get it fixed. How's our Bible time? How's our prayer life? How's our witness? How's our holiness? We often can go through the motions of life, of the Christian life, where we read our Bible, we pray, and we uh, go to church, we go out so when we do those things. But if we're living a wicked lifestyle, we're watching whatever we want to watch, we're listening to whatever we want to listen to, we're doing things that whatever we want to do that don't line up with God's word, then we got to check ourselves and say, this is why I'm not experiencing revival in my life. Because there's sin. God says, be ye holy for I am holy. God is a holy God and God desires us to be holy as well. We can't just live 50-50 where we are doing church and we're going uh, through the motions of the Christian life and then just doing whatever we want on the other, the other side of life. We have to make sure that we are all in one way or the other. You, know, you look at that lukewarm or you know, being in the middle lukewarm, you have the cold and hot. He said, I'd rather have you be cold or hot, not lukewarm. And God doesn't want us to be cold, so we better be on fire. Amen? Amen. We ought to have that revival. But how do we get that? We have to first acknowledge our position. We have to understand where we are at spiritually. And how do we do that? we got to ask ourselves, how's our Bible time? How's our prayer life? How's our witness? How is our holiness? Those are some great questions to just write down maybe in your Bible and set those aside and just ask yourselves on a daily basis. How are these things in my life? Am I slipping in any of these areas to where I'm falling away from the Lord? It's great if we're excellent in one of these areas, but if we're not thriving in all of them, then we have something to work on. John chapter 11, verse number 11. The Bible says, These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death. But they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. If you think of this passage, or you think of this verse, when it comes to our Christian life and all that we do, our fellow brothers and sisters, our fellow you know, church member, our pastor, they only see the outside. And right here we see the disciples assuming everything's all right with Lazarus. He's just sleeping. Lazarus is all right, Jesus. But Jesus knows our heart. Jesus knows exactly where we're failing, exactly where we are spiritually sick. Jesus sees those things, and you see those things as well. The only ones that see that is you and the Lord. And that's why we have to make sure that we give ourselves an honest evaluation of where we are checking our lives and making sure that it is lining up with God's word because the others, 
Everybody else around us, we can go through the motions of life and everybody's think, oh, they're doing great. They're on fire for the Lord. When in reality, their marriage is struggling. Life is falling apart. They're just ready to quit on God. And we have to make sure that we have to be honest with ourselves to where we're being honest with God and understanding that, you know what, people around us, they might think we're doing well and that's not what matters. What matters is how the Lord sees our condition. How the Lord sees how we are doing. It is our responsibility to acknowledge our condition, to acknowledge our position so that we can take steps in the right direction. You look at revival, the first step for it is repentance. You have to acknowledge where you're wrong in order to start doing what's right. In order for revival to take place, we have to understand our spiritual sickness tonight. We first must understand that it's personal. It's us as individuals that need to experience revival. It's us as individuals that need to realize our position and understand where we are at spiritually. So that way we can experience revival. Thirdly, here tonight, we must understand that it's by His power that we have revival. It's by His power, not our own. Look at John chapter 11, verse number 25. It says, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. It is by the power of Jesus Christ. Look at verse number 43. It says, and when he had thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. We see a miracle. We see revival take place by the power of God. Not the power of man, not the power of Mary and Martha, not the power of any of us, but the power of God. And if we want to see revival take place here in our church, we want to see revival take place here in America, if we want to see revival take place in each and every one of our lives, it's got to be by the power of God. It's not going to be by our own power. We can try to fabricate. We can try to do everything we can to try to uh, get on fire for a little bit, but we'll burn out because we're human. It's by our own power. But if we are doing it by the power of God, where we are seeking His power in our life, seeking His power of revival to where He is sending that to us and feeding us and strengthening us each and every day, you know what? We can experience a lifetime revival. But it's got to be by His power, not ours. His power. We must understand that the revival can only come by the power of God. Many times I've heard preaching about revival. I'd be challenged and motivated to do something for the Lord. And then a couple days go by and find myself doing the same old things. Am I the only one? I don't think so. I think we all can really just admit to that to where that's us. That's just being human. But why is that? It's because we're depending on ourselves to make that change. We're depending on ourselves to make ourselves spiritually alive. The only way that we're going to become spiritually alive is through Jesus Christ. Through His power and not our own. The power of our own hands is not enough to stir the fire of revival. We have to make sure that we're seeking His power. 
The great thing about his power is that it doesn't matter what condition, it doesn't matter what position, it doesn't matter what time frame, or if we're late, if it's there's hope. With his power, it can happen at any time. Let's look at verse number 21. Said, then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. Look over at verse number 32. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. In our own thought process, we feel like, oh man, it's too late for us. Oh, there's no hope for us. Oh, there's no hope for that individual. Well, hey, with Jesus Christ, there is hope. Amen. There is hope. And we can have that hope and we can have that excitement. We can have that joy. We can have that revival because of Jesus and his power. The power of God is what can bring revival. If we want to see revival here in America, it's going to be by the power of God. It's not going to be by our own power. It's nothing that we can do, but it's only what God can do. There is hope for America. There is hope for your life, no matter where you might find yourself. God's power is not limited. He is always on time. Praise God for his power. The power of God is what we need. We need more of him and less of me. We must incre- he must increase, I must decrease. Revival can only come by the power of the Lord. I'll close with these final thoughts as we bring it all together. Myla, she had a birthday party. And with this birthday party, we had asked her, what kind of theme do you want? What kind of party do you want? And we were kind of looking through. We kind of convinced her a little bit, maybe a little bit, of what kind of party she should have. And my wife found this little theme of donut grow up. And uh, just a, you know, trying to keep her little, keep her small. She's growing up so fast, and it's just crazy to think that she's three, or about to be three. And, uh, you know, you just think of the, the, the time that has passed. And with this, we kind of made it a donut theme. As soon as we said donut, she loved it. And she, you know, she said, oh, pink and sprinkles. And that's what she wanted, pink and sprinkles. And, you know, it was, uh, you know, for a couple weeks we had been talking about it. And we were talking about her party. And, uh, you know, we got her a, a dress that's a donut dress. And she was all excited. It came in the mail. As soon as we opened it, oh! Donut dress for my donut party. And that was, you know, that was her excitement. And I mean, she loved it. She was so excited for it. And she was just saying, pink donut and sprinkles. Pink donut and sprinkles. And that's, you know, she would go around saying that. And then for a couple weeks, she would ask me, Daddy, you come to my donut party? Honey, I think I'll be there. And then the next day go by, Daddy, you come to my donut party? And she just kept asking me day after day after day. I also think about every time we'd pray. She'd say, I want to pray, I want to pray. She'd go to pray and say, Dear Jesus, thank you for this day. I pray that you please be at my donut party. I pray that Daddy could come to my donut party. I pray that Mommy would come to my donut party. I pray that Layla would come to my donut party. And literally every single name that you could think of that she knows... She said, I pray that they come to my donut party. And this was every single prayer for a couple weeks. And it was, 
All right, honey, let's pray for something else, all right? Let's pray for the food that we have here in front of us, you know? And it was just so humorous to me, but it really taught me a lesson. This girl had been praying for this donut party, just been praying for it. And she was so excited for it. And we got there, we were finally there, and she was having the time of her life. And I asked her, I said, are you having fun? She says, yes. And she says, Daddy, is this my donut party? <laughs> I said, yes, this is your donut party. And as soon as I said yes, her eyes just lit up. And she was so excited the fact that her donut party finally came. And I just think of revival. I think of the prayer and the desire that she had for this donut party. If us as Christians could just have that same desire and that craving for revival. Craving for God's power just to come and fill our lives. Just begging for God to come. You know what? When he sends revival, our faces are just going to light up and we're going to be so excited. We're going to be so pumped. We're going to be so just excited because the Lord came through and he will. And with that, if we want to see revival in our life, we got to pray earnestly. We got to be coming before God, just begging God, would you please? God, I know that you can. And God, it's only in your power. God, I know that you can send revival. Would you please send it? It shouldn't be just once a week. It shouldn't be just once a day. I should just be begging on our knees every time we can. Just begging God, saying, God, please send revival. God, give me revival. God, revive my spirit that I may know you more. God, would you please revive me? Help me to know your word. God, would you please revive me? Help me to be closer in my prayer life. God, would you please revive me in my witness that I would just be on fire being excited to tell anybody about Jesus. God, would you please send revival to me that I would just be holy, that I would say no to sin, that I'd say no to the temptations, that I would live righteously, and that I would honor you in this world, that I'd be able to make an impact for eternity. John 11 Verse number 22, Martha said this, But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Christian, whatever we ask of God in Jesus' name, he will give it to us. As long as it's done in faith. So if we're not experiencing revival... We're not asking God for it personally. We're not asking God to come down and touch our life. To change us. Is it because we're set in our ways and we do what we want to do? We want revival to happen to our neighbor. We want revival to happen to the person sitting next to us. We want revival to happen in our church as a collective group. But we don't want to change. We're set in our ways. We're not going to see revival if that's the mindset. If we're going to see revival collectively, each and every one of us have to make that personal decision saying, God, please send revival to me. And that's how our church will see revival if each and every one of us have that spirit saying, Lord, send it to me.
give me revival, God, because you can give revival. I can't. I can only do so much. I can preach, and a pastor can preach, and Brother Herbert can preach, and we can preach on revival all night long, all week long, every day. And revival would never come if you're not begging for it to come individually. It's by God's power. It's not by our own. We have to make sure that God brings that revival. How do we do that? We just beg and earnestly ask God to send it. Revival doesn't happen by accident. It happens when God's people surrender to whatever God has for them and praise earnestly for it. As he called Lazarus, come forth, Christian. Let me say this, come forth. Jesus is calling us to revival. Let's pray. Dearly Father, Lord, we just want to thank you so much. I just think of this message, Lord, you have just convicted my heart, all of my life, really. And Lord, I have been convicted so much about getting my life just more on fire for you. Lord, I know I could be a better preacher if it be in your power. Lord, I know I could be a better prayer warrior if it was by your power. Lord, I know that I could get more out of my Bible if it was in your power. Lord, I know I would be a better soul winner if it was by your power. I know that I would be more holy if it was by your power. I pray that each and every one of us would understand that it's personal. That it's each and every one of us individually coming to an understanding that we need to experience revival in our own life. That we are spiritually sick. And the only way that we can become spiritually alive and have life is through your Son, Jesus Christ. I pray that we would experience revival. Lord, it's not going to come in our own hands and our own power, but it's going to become by your power. And Lord, I pray that you please send revival. We ask this in your holy name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.